On today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, we're talking about how to get free church publicity. This is the day. That was a little head fake. We are actually not talking about free church publicity today. The original title of this episode was Avoiding Scandals. Uh, we're Dace. We are going to have a frank conversation about what dishonors God and disqualifies people uh, in ministry. What do you think about that? Well, Kyle, I think that what dishonors God and disqualifies people from ministry can definitely get you free publicity, but it's not the publicity that you want, man. I mean, this you could be all over the news. Right. You could be on your favorite websites. You know, you're just a decision away from being known, going viral. It could happen. Who would not want to be on the uh, cover of New York Times, uh, on 60 Minutes, some of these other things today? And so, uh, hey, if you find yourself in a church scandal, you could be there where you get some free publicity. It probably just won't be for you uh, or your church. Uh, I'm Kyle Willis, founder of Talenton Church Services, and as always, from dailypastor.com. Dr. Dace Clifton is with me co-hosting. So Dace, what are we talking about here? Man, we're talking about church scandals, and really, ultimately, it's about how to live a life that's honoring to God, glorifying to God, and a life of integrity. And I've been thinking about these things because, Kyle, you know that, and I think we both do this to some degree, we kind of follow the pulse of some of the main ministry leaders and, you know, large and small. And uh, one of the things over the past few weeks that's kind of got me thinking about this is a podcast that's uh, quite popular right now, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. But uh, that's only one example of a scandal that uh, rocked the church world. My, In fact, my own library is filled with books from guys. It's not filled with books, but there's numerous people in my personal library where they once were serving in ministry and then a scandal eliminated them. And so we want to avoid that. Right. And there are some times where it's a moral failure. Uh, that can yep. certainly be one. Sometimes it is um, a lack of uh, maybe like internal controls. Uh, a pastor or church leader can say, well, we just had a bad apple in our, our congregation or yep. on staff. I mean, there's a whole bunch of of issues where, where you could say, hey, don't let one bad apple spoil the whole bunch. And that may yeah. be one of of, of, of many colloquies that we're going to throw out here or, or yep. you know, just catchy phrases, common phrases. But, you know, the, the reality is that, listen, we would not be talking about this. Mars Hill, um, the the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which is I, I've enjoyed listening to. Yeah. Um, frankly, when I listen to it, it's kind of scary because I feel like um, maybe without the the staff and presence and number of campuses and, and all that other stuff. But I feel like similar decisions could be made in a lot of churches today. Um, and, and so we're talking about decisions, actions that could discredit uh, a ministry, disqualify a pastor, church leader, a ministry leader. Um, and, and ultimately, we know that that scandals or free publicity distracts uh, some people or, or detracts from the purpose of glorifying God. Well, totally. And I think that these examples that we've listed and others they're still the minority. Now, the reality of it is, is that we're all sinners. And as a Christian boy, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God with the Holy Spirit now indwelling us, you know, regenerating us, right? Which is an awesome thing. But yet we've still got our flesh. We've still got the world, the enemy that comes against us. And so we're, I think, 
we're, we're capable of, uh, of falling into error and falling into, into problems. And we don't want to do that, right? We want to live lives just as you said, Kyle, for the glory of God and the betterment, the advancement of the kingdom. And I, I do think one caveat here is like, Hey, we all, we all have fallen. Okay. And we all will, will sin at some point, probably on this time, this side of eternity uh, as well. However, that, that cannot be a cop out. Um, if you want to lead effectively in ministry, if you want to thrive in your life and in your ministry, pastor, church leader, we're talking to you because you simply uh, do not want that front page headline. Um, and, and ultimately, you don't want that on a personal level. You don't want that on a professional level. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, a whole bunch of reasons here. But let's shy away from uh, just saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm a sinner um, because we all have sinned. And that is true. But uh, I, I don't think that although that is true, that should prevent us from doing some of the things that we're going to talk about here. Well, exactly. And, and certainly I'm the first one to confess, you know, that I'm a sinner, but everything that we've identified on what we're going to talk about here are things that you have clear examples of why you should avoid these things that you can avoid these things. I mean, these are, these are well known traps, everything that I'm going to say in following. So absolutely they can be avoided. So let's talk about So we got Mars Hill, which was leadership issues at the the highest levels. Yep. Um, we've all maybe run across pastors with with anger, immorality, abuse, and propriety. Yep. And that can that can span a whole issue or a whole range of issues. Um, I know Hillsong, uh, I believe Hillsong New York was was in the news recently, yep. right, with some of their stuff and and also, you, you had sent me an article the other day about First Baptist Houston, right? Yeah, that's an interesting situation and scenario. And it, this has been a little bit of time, but it's fairly recent. They had a, a former minister there who was accused of stealing uh, $800,000 worth of funds. And this occurred over a period of, I think, six years. And it was discovered. And this person was criminally indicted. I don't even know what ended up being the result. But uh just the thought that, you know, a person that was on staff and in a high leadership level, it wasn't the senior pastor or anything like that, but that they could do this. It raises a lot of questions. And I think about your business, Kyle, how, you know, you work at Talent on Church Services in a lot of the business realm. And so, you know, how could something like that happen, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, a, a whole host of issues, but usually it's a lack of oversight, right? Lack yeah. of internal controls. People feel good. They take the, their eye off the ball and they just say, hey, you know, we got it. Um, and I, I do think there's some benefit in, in not only what Talenton does. I mean, there's other uh, church services provider that do accounting. And so uh, I really believe that that is the future. And so uh, I would love to talk to anybody who's, who's listening if, if you want to talk about it. Um, I think we've actually seen uh, great results in not only just uh, preventing these types of issues, but but having a long-term plan. Um, and, yeah. In fact, uh, the churches that we work with, I, I think every one of them would say, uh, hey, we're in better financial shape. I, I feel more secure than than where we're at when we had it in-house. And, and this isn't commercial, but it happens primarily due to uh, lack of internal controls or segregation of duties. In fact, uh, Dace, as we're recording this, Joel Osteen's church had something uh, a couple weeks ago, and yeah. um, I, I saw on Twitter where a guy, uh, a, a church administrator, um, 
uh, up the road from me, he said something like he had instructed his uh, church custodians to start ripping out walls in the bathrooms uh, on Monday. And it, it gave me a good chuckle. Man, I'm wondering in our own church if we're going to start finding holes, you know, in sheetrock. I hope not, you know, but that's... Oh, hey. Hopefully not. I mean, it is, it is, especially with that sum of money, I mean, there is a lack of something going on yeah. when um, multiple digits of money can go missing. And, and so anyway, you know, to, to bring it back on what we're talking about with with free publicity or, or really avoiding scandals, pastors and church leaders, hey, we're going to list out a few things. And I think they're all probably pretty important. Uh, these aren't ranked from one to five or five to one, uh, but they're, they're all important. And I think as we look forward to the new year that you're going to want to do each and one of each one of these. And one of them may speak more uh, personally to you. And so uh, we just want to call them out real quick. Uh, Dave, speaking of Twitter, uh, number one was avoid what you would not want to explain. And I tried to get you to say, if you can't tweet it, don't do it. But uh, number one, avoid what you do not want to explain. Well, that's right. And I think most pastors will give this type of advice and we have to ask ourselves the question of whether or not we are following it. And, uh, you know, the older I get, Kyle, the more I want to live a life of transparency in every aspect of my life. And I don't want to have to um, explain or justify something that it's just not clear to an objective person that it's right, that it's good, that it's glorifying to God. It's okay to have for Christians, you know, to sometimes have, you know, minor disagreements on, you know, the interpretation of certain things. You know, there's some liberty, I think, there. But we're talking about the stuff that, once again, whether it's uh, an impropriety with finances or, you know, just making excuses for a pattern of behavior that is unhealthy, not to call Mars Hill out, but I think that's what that podcast articulated, Rise and Fall, a pattern of behavior that's unhealthy. And so, yeah, we want to avoid what we don't want to explain. Yeah, I think that's really critical, Dace, and, and maybe a different way to say this is even what you would not want to defend or explain in front of the whole church. So yeah. if you're not willing to, to sit there and say, hey, this is what's going on, if there's something in your gut that says, hey, maybe this was a, a side deal with a special vendor, or I wasn't happy about what I said um, in a staff meeting, then then I think if you want, it, want everybody to know about it, um, being above reproach, it's yeah. probably best uh, to stay away if you're not going to want to explain it to everyone. You know, and one practical way I think that this is uh, comes to light in our life. You know, I have a, a computer provided by my work and I use it for everything, you know, work related. And, you know, I take it home every night because I may do some work there and no one has ever asked to see that computer. Uh, but if somebody came in and, you know, I would not have a problem showing the search history to you or to any of my deacons. I, I just wouldn't because, uh, well, just to be honest, I've already fought those battles earlier in my life. And so that's the type of thing, you know, my expense, the expenses, expense accounts, I turn in my receipts. I don't, um, when I turn my receipts in, there's nothing there that I would be ashamed of for anyone in my church to see. And I, you know, they give me budgeted things, right? I'll give you an example. My, my library, right? Church is generous to give me some money for my library. And so I turn in, I print off all the invoices on the books and uh, nobody's ever asked to see them. I give them to my, to our secretary, but you know, Hey, there's nothing that I've ordered that I'd be ashamed for anyone to see. And that's, that's, that's the level I think that a pastor's called uh, to live and really a Christian. We're all called to live like that. And it's not even just, are the, am I willing for them to see it? But I, I don't want to have to explain this. Yeah. Right. 
So, and it could be Googling something. It could be why you bought, I don't know, an extra mug on the Amazon expense like you were talking about. Like, yeah, you bought five books, but you bought this mug. Like, hey, if you don't want to have to explain it, if it's not worth a five-minute or five-dollar conversation, just uh, don't do it. And and what happens is those characteristics, those routines develop and and build over time. And so um, I think the second point is submit your life to others, which kind of goes in line with the first, right? Yeah, it totally does. A pastor has to be willing to put themselves in a position to submit to others, and they have to have a friend or a mentor who can ask them anything. How's your marriage doing? How are you in the area of purity? And man, you do yourself so uh, well to develop and cultivate cultivate those type of relationships and to have people friends uh, potentially other pastors who are who are you give them that type of real estate in your life to be able to ask that question but as I say that and this is this is just my opinion Kyle you may push back a little bit on this I don't know but I don't think that that churches should have boards of oversight for pastors uh, I don't see that as being biblical within the scripture what I see is is a pastor should be the type of man the type of person that who seeks out this type of accountability and appreciates this type of transparency. And so I think if a particular church or ministry uh, feels that it's necessary, we can't trust the pastor. He must have a board. You know, they have to be supervising them, that type of thing. I kind of push back a little bit on that. I say you might not have the right person because I think think a qualified pastor called by God is going to have – uh, you, you're not liking this, Kyle, is going no, to have... I, I, I'm shaking my head. Uh, is, and, you know, he, he, here's why. Because your your fundamental principle is not right, which is, uh, I mean, which is correct, uh, which is, hey, if a, if a pastor needs a board of oversight, then they're probably the wrong ones. Yes, that's what I'm getting I, at, yeah. I agree that if, if uh, a pastor says, hey, I'm struggling with, you know, lustful thoughts that and you say, hey, we're going to install this blocker on your phone, that they're going to find a way around that. Okay. I yeah. mean, so, so I don't, I don't think that is the solution. To convince you otherwise, I would say that uh, 99.999% of churches in the United States uh, will go through multiple pastors in the life of the church. Yeah. And so if, um, you are probably not the first pastor. Dace, your church has been around for 140 years now. Um, and although you're the longest tenured church, you're, uh, longest tenured pastor, you're not uh, the only pastor that's been around because you haven't been around for 140 years, uh, regardless of what your gray hair and your. your oh, you had house. to go there. You had uh, to go yeah. there. Uh, no, I got more than you do, but Hey, there's going to be someone after you. Okay. And so keep in mind during that transition, um, whether that is, where the church doesn't have a pastor um, or just training up the new one to say, Hey, we're going to yeah. set you up for success. We're going to give you accountability. We're going to give you uh, oversight. Um, and in fact, I would say like church discipline kind of falls in here. And I think you would, wouldn't you agree days that uh, someone in your, your church who says, Hey, I don't need church discipline in my life because um, I, I'm, I'm better than that. Wouldn't you agree? That's a problem. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the, what I can, what I can say for certain is, is that a pastor needs to be the person, a type of person that submits their life to another. I guess I'm just pushing back a little bit on the idea. We, what we see up there's, there's a few things and we're, we could get a lot into ecclesiology and the, the polity, the management of the church, that type of thing where you have 
a typical unhealthy scenario within my own denomination is basically you have these unhealthy churches where basically there's a series of pastors that have very short tenures. They come through and there is a group of individuals within churches or a church that is their quote for the long haul in quote, and they view it whether spoken or not as their job to keep the pastor in line. The problem with that mentality is, is that you don't see that type of scenario play out within the church. And a related thought with all of this is one could make the argument here when we're talking about uh, submitting your life to another uh, for the plurality of elders. And, um, you know, so we're getting to some real, you know, there's denominations of different churches have taken, you know, various approaches on this. One of the, one of the benefits of a plurality of elders in a, a new Testament church is that you can easily foster this type of environment where you have, um, the pastor, the lead teaching pastor submitting his life, you know, to the helpful, uh, critique. And I'll use that word, you know, gently there of another brother, right? And uh, so there's a lot of different ways we could go on that, but ultimately we'll have, we'll have to, we'll have to record a, a bonus episode at some point because yeah. uh, we're both pretty passionate and on different sides here yeah. <laughs> uh, just so we can keep it on avoiding publicity yeah. uh, or on free publicity. Um, I would just say my last point here is that um, almost every church that gets free publicity of this nature in a negative way uh, has lack of oversight. I mean, I can connect all the dots and almost every single one of them um, has a life, which is to your point, hey, submit your life to others. But I'm taking it a different direction and saying, hey, you got to have those people around you. It's the number one thing that's going to keep you out um, of the free publicity realm. Well, see, I think we both agree on that. The question is, is how, and I mean, I get it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that are saying, man, every pastor needs to have some type of board to hold them accountable. The only thing that I'm saying that's different from that is I'm saying a pastor should have a heart to do that willingly as opposed to, you know, that's, that's really the point that I'm trying to make here. I'm not trying to make the case that pastors are beyond accountable. Fair enough. And, and probably with all of these, um, I, I think a simple um, left to our own devices, we could all fall short. Uh, yep. we, we can all sin. And I tried not to say that uh, on this episode that, hey, we're just sinners. Uh, but let's move <laughs> on. So, uh, first two points. Uh, the first one was avoid what you do not want to explain. Uh, the second one was submit your life to others. The third one, Dace, uh, you're big on this one. Yeah. Uh, if I'm big on the oversight, you're big on this one. Prioritize your spouse. Well, absolutely. And, and, the examples of not doing this are numerous. I mean, pastors get divorced at a rate. I think that's a bit less than the general public, but it's still a very common scenario. And I think that when we look at what the New Testament says about marriage, when we look at the marriage being healthy and how that's a wonderful blessing, and to some degree, I would even venture to say, you know, the New Testament talks about us being one flesh. And, and so as I'm in the ministry, uh, my wife is also in, in, in ministry as well. And she works for a, not a church, but another organization. And yet she's in the ministry, uh, along with me in this role. And so I just think that there's just a lot of opportunity for things to go off the rail in a pastor's life when they don't prioritize their marriage. I understand. Uh, and I agree. And we see that all the way throughout, um, prioritizing your spouse. 
uh, is another way to avoid a scandal. The fourth one, I think I may have rewritten a little bit uh, the header on this, but I said be angry or be convicted or be heavy, weighted, burdened, whatever it could be, um, about your own sin first. Yeah. Uh, do you see that as um, a, a distraction? Uh, I think for many pastors, they're, they're worried about other people's sin and not dealing with their own first. I would agree with that statement. And I guess where I would also add to that is the fact that the most dangerous thing for me is my own sin, not somebody betraying me. It's dangerous. You know, it's, it's far more dangerous for me to be self-deceived. It's far more dangerous for me to walk in patterns of anger, unforgiveness, rebellion, or immorality for me. If I can keep my, my eyes on Christ, if I can walk with God, I can survive the injustices of other people. What I cannot and what my ministry can't survive is the alternative, which is me being trapped into a, a pattern of stronghold that's destructive and sinful. Today, so I'm going to take a final point here, and we've talked about you know a moral obligation or a, a spiritual uh, leadership issue. You know, I, I do think that we have to be reminded from time to time that there are legal responsibilities, and while it changes um, from different states or different even cities, counties, um, understand that that many pastors, church leaders, if you're listening to this podcast, um, there's a chance that your state. Is, is considers you right a a mandated reporter, yeah. um, and so uh, specifically here we're talking about things like abuse with um, children uh, in, in particular, probably uh, at the forefront. Uh, so it's important that you know the law and best practices. Um, I think the best thing is to go back to the first one and just uh, assume that you are a mandatory reporter. Um, and, and if, hey, you find out that the youth pastor or a volunteer is engaged with something, um, especially when it's underage, uh, that you may have a legal obligation, a legal responsibility to notify them first. And so even, frankly, before you tell uh, other people within your church, uh, maybe even before you uh, notify the individual of an accusation, um, I think it's important to understand that that you have a legal responsibility and, and uh, you can find those people online if you want to ask. I think Greg Love um, is just yeah. under your area of days, uh, who's a well-known, well-regarded um, issue. I, I would make him your first call probably uh, if you ever run across this thing, not you, Dace, but anybody listening. So, uh, you know, countless ministries have, have faced lawsuits um, not only the falling apart from a reputation in their community standpoint, but it's it's a big deal uh, if we fail to appropriately report incidents. Well, there's no question about it. And actually, you mentioned Greg Love with Ministry Safe. You know, I, I think every church, every ministry should have a subscription to Ministry Safe. He guides us through all of the things, necessary things that we need to do in order to avoid compromising type situations as, as church bodies. And so that's a great place to start in the business realm. I think you certainly could reach out to Talent on Church Services. You could also point you, I know you're connected with several attorneys and, and could point you in the right direction. But yeah, we have a responsibility to know what we're required to do by law so that we can live lives of integrity. That's really all it is, Kyle. Yeah. And and as with all of this stuff, hey, if, if it's not even just abuse, if it's finances, if it's other things that are going on, the more you try to conceal this, yep. uh, the worse it gets over time. I mean, <laughs> if you go days, weeks, whatever, and you knew that this was an issue and, and you were just trying to figure out the right way to tell your board of oversight, uh, the longer that it goes on, it is only going to get worse. 
I might have lost a few thousand dollars of church funds at uh, Windstar. Uh, I went there for ministry, but I saw the blackjack table. And oh wait, okay, no, you probably should cut yeah, that it, out. It's going to get worse with time <laughs> with time days. Uh, just avoid uh, that blackjack table. No, and all, all seriousness, guys. Hey, uh, we want you to not get free publicity yep. uh, for a scandal. Um, we, we want that for you personally. We want you to thrive. Uh, we want your ministry to thrive. And you know, King David. Right, um, was, was yeah. a leader who who needed to be reminded of, of the major mistakes, even uh, though there was a significant cost, and and ultimately he was still forgiven and restored uh, yeah. by God. Uh, although he had an affair, you know, cover up all that sort of stuff. Right, uh, there were lifelong consequences, but ultimately he's he received forgiveness and restoration. And so that's what we want you to know. Uh, pastors, church leaders, if you're listening to this, we want you to be encouraged to thrive in ministry. Avoid the free publicity of this nature. Avoid the scandals. Um, doing these five things that we talked about today, which is avoiding what you don't want to ex- have to explain. Uh, submitting your life to others. Prioritizing your spouse. Be angry. Deal with your own sin first. And finally, know your legal responsibilities Um, Hey, we are so glad that you joined us here today for the Thriving in Ministry podcast. That's right. And if you have a question or comment or would like to submit a topic for us to discuss, be sure to reach out to us at thedailypastor at gmail.com. Finally, I just want to mention to you that we've got some great things in store coming up. We're going to be interviewing some nationally known authors and uh, church leaders uh, who are going to share their expertise in a couple of key areas in 2022. So looking forward to it. 